they're really interesting or I really admire them or like I love their energy or I just want to get closer to the work they're doing and learn more about them and their team. When you feel that, you feel that pull towards someone, that's a sign. That's really, really important information and you want to pay attention to that. Welcome to The Art of Speaking Up, a podcast that empowers professional women to rise. I'm your host, Jessica Guzik, and in this show, I take you undercover into the stories and lessons that I learned, sometimes the hard way, throughout my career. I also talk with working women, leaders, and coaches to show you that no matter what your struggle is and no matter what your career goals are, you already have all the talent that you need to succeed. Welcome to the show. I am back with another installment of the How to Effectively Lead Meetings mini-series. If you've been listening, you know that this installment was inspired by a listener question around how to effectively lead meetings and get the result that you want when you're in charge of a big meeting with a group of people. Some of them are very opinionated, and it is your responsibility by the end of the meeting to get to a result. And if you've been in those situations and if like this listener, you've been trying to do that, you know that it can be challenging and these meetings can go rogue. They can go off the rails. It can be very difficult. But luckily, there are things you can do to try to help keep the train on the tracks as much as possible. And that's what this series is all about. And you can never keep the train on the tracks perfectly. It's really, really hard to have ideal processes and ideal outcomes. And sometimes when we expect those, it just makes us more frustrated because it's not possible to have that. But the good news is there are still things that we can do to make it easier. There are things that we can do to increase the chances that we get the outcome that we want. And maybe it won't be perfect, but it will be possibly better and easier than it would have been if we didn't do some of these things. So in today, I am sharing the second tip. And this tip is all about building allies who will help you get to the outcome that you want. I think that it's pretty easy and common to fall into a trap and fall into this state of mind where you put the world on your shoulders. You put the burden of every little thing on your shoulders and you're kind of in this mentality of anything that's going to happen has to be 100% driven by you and it's all on you and you're pushing, pushing, pushing and it's so hard. And this is not to say that when you're working on a project or that when you're in charge of something, the responsibility isn't on you. The responsibility is on you. But what I want to emphasize through this tip and through this mini episode is that you can bring together the support of people around you to help you achieve your objectives. And this is one of the most powerful things you can do not just in the context of meetings and not just in the context of this particular topic, but this is one of the most important things that you can do in the context of any professional challenge is figure out how the people around you can help. And I think sometimes we think, we think that to be powerful and effective and to overperform and to be an amazing leader and to be this person who is just the cream of the crop in a professional setting, 
We think we need to do everything and we think it's about doing everything and doing everything perfectly. But the people who are successful and do really well and who lead huge teams, huge companies and who get huge results, they are in on the secret that that is not the case. It's not about doing everything yourself because think about it. That's impossible. As your responsibilities get broader and as you have to do more and more, the more you try to do everything yourself, the more that you might fail because it's not possible and you're spreading yourself so thin. So learning to leverage the power of the people around you, which is often what it means to lead, is a really important skill. It sometimes goes against our instincts, but it's something that can push you forward. And you'll be very surprised to see as you do this that people like to help. And when you engage with people from an authentic place, from a real place, from a place of not just caring about what you need to get done, but caring about them and their priorities and where they're coming from, When you engage with them from that sincere place where it's authentic and you care about them, they are so happy to help. People love helping and people tend to love being on your side when you engage with them in that way. And that's what this episode is all about. When you are leading big meetings and when you're trying to get a result and there's a lot of different people and stakeholders and opinions who feed into that result, it can be really effective to do something that people often refer to as back-channeling. I don't really like the word back-channeling because it sounds like a shady drug deal. There's just something about the word that sounds really weird to me. I don't know why. But people use that word to describe what I'm talking about. And back-channeling, or maybe we can come up with a less weird word, although maybe the word is only weird to me. I don't know. Anyway, not important. Doesn't matter. Back-channeling is the process of beginning to build consensus and beginning to move towards solutions in the background before the actual meeting happens where the solution is going to get reached. Now, if there are a lot of stakeholders involved in what you're doing, you might not be able to quote unquote back channel with every person and meet with all 10 people or however many people there are to get their opinions and to start to get them on board before the meeting happens. There might be a lot of people you might not be able to engage with all of them. Although if you feel like that's worth the time and the effort, that is certainly the route you can go down. But another way that you can approach this is to really think strategically about the people in the meeting and think about if you have to prioritize and maybe you're only able to engage with a subset of them, which subset of them might you get the most bang for your buck in terms of spending some time with them before this meeting to get their opinion so that you already know where they're going to be coming from going into the meeting and so that if where they're coming from might cause a road bump or an obstacle in the meeting, you'll know that in advance and you'll be able to plan for it in advance versus having it come up on the spot and having to deal with it live during the meeting without knowing that it was going to come up. And so what you want to think about are who are the subset of people that it might really make a lot of sense for you to spend some time with them before the meeting. And there are two types that I would recommend you think about in terms of strategizing. And so if you have to prioritize who to back channel with, you can think of these two things. The first thing that I would want you to think about is if there are people in the meeting who are very opinionated. As you know, when there are opinionated people who have strong opinions, that can be 
a great force because it moves things forward. But at the same time, if that person's opinion is aligned in a different direction, it can make the meeting very challenging for you. So if you know that there are going to be people in that meeting who are very opinionated, which by the way, being very opinionated is a great quality. So when I say very opinionated, I say this in a positive light. We should all be very opinionated in our jobs. That will make us really effective. But if you do have those types of people, it's really important to spend the time with them and understand what their opinion is. And not only will that help you understand where they're going to be coming from and understand any concerns they might have and help address those concerns. Because if someone has a concern, there's a real thing, right? And that will give you more time to look at it and try to address it and find solutions so that when it comes up in the meeting, there are already solutions to bring towards it so it doesn't derail the whole meeting. Not only will you be able to prepare for that in advance, but with those opinionated people, those people that are going to have a stronger point of view and really express it, if you can begin to build consensus with them, they can help you drive the meeting forward. And it's almost like you're leveraging their opinionatedness and you're like mooching off of it and you're using it to your benefit. Because if in that pre-meeting with them, you can hear their opinion, start to understand their concerns and start to align with them and get them moving in the direction you want the overall project and that meeting moving in, you can use that momentum in the meeting and it's almost like they're going to help you. So it's like if you're sitting in the car, they're pushing the car for you and they're making it go faster. That is a really great way to get the result that you want. And that's also the essence of learning how to leverage the strengths and all of the assets in the people around you to get closer to the result that you want to get. So that is the first type of person that I definitely recommend you spending time with. And also often when someone has a really strong opinion on something, it might be because they're close to a part of the project or they're close to a part of the company or the business or the operation that you don't necessarily see. And they're opinionated because they see important things that other people don't see, that other people tend to forget about. And so the more that you can get close to that, the more you can build a holistic understanding of all of the variables that are important. And again, that's going to make you more effective in driving everyone towards a solution. So that is the first type of person that I recommend you prioritize spending some time with. The second type of person that I recommend you prioritize spending some time with and back channeling with before the meeting is the people that you think are cool. Yes, the people that you think are cool. Part of working and part of being in the workplace and working with people is not just about building connections that push work forward, although obviously that's important and that's what this episode is about, but it's also about building connections that are more than just a working relationship. And these back channel meetings, these side meetings, they're a chance for you to start doing that. They're a chance for you to start building relationships that go beyond just the tactical day-to-day work, the kind of relationships that are going to get deeper and deeper over time and the kind of relationships that are really going to support you throughout your career. And the reason that I say prioritize the people that you think are cool is because when you think someone is cool or there's someone where you're like, they're really interesting or I really admire them or like I love their energy or I just want to get closer to the work they're doing and learn more about them and their team. When you feel that, you feel that pull towards someone, that's a sign. That's really, really important information and you want to pay attention to that. Any time in your life or your career where you feel that feeling, it's 
I don't know how to describe it because it's hard, but you feel it when you see someone in the workplace and you're like, ooh, that person's cool. Like, I, I genuinely want to get to know that person. You will know when you feel it because you'll feel it. So I hope that this makes sense. But I want you to pay attention for that. And I want you to also spend some time back channeling with those people, the people that you're like, that person's kind of cool and I want to get to know them. The reason why is because it's going to have a double benefit for you. You're going to get the benefit of building consensus with them before the meeting and you're going to get the benefit of getting to know someone who you might be able to build a professional relationship over time and this meeting and this project and this back channeling is giving you the window of opportunity to get to know that person. So I'll talk about this more as the show goes on. But I would say one of the single most important things for success in the corporate world are your relationships. And so you always want to be thinking about building them. And I think oftentimes people think that like networking is this fake, annoying, exhausting thing, which I used to think also. But sometimes networking is about following where you're pulled to. And when you feel pulled to a person, there's a reason. And so you're using the back channel to actually get to know people that you really want to get to know. And you have the perfect reason to do it, which is this meeting that you're trying to prepare for in advance. And of course, it's going to give you the benefit of having back channeled before the meeting so that when you step into that room, there's a subset of people there where you already know what to expect from them. And maybe you've even built some of that into the content for the meeting so that when it comes up, you have a way to work through it. So that is my advice for part two of this mini series on effectively leading meetings. And I would love to know if you try this out, how it goes. I know that it can sometimes feel scary to put meetings on people's calendars. And I know that it can definitely often feel hard to do those proactive things that you're not used to doing. So if this is something that you haven't done before and you're like, okay, this totally makes sense, but like I'm scared to put these meetings on those people's calendars, it's really normal to feel that way. And you might think you're the only person that feels that way, but you're not. But I just want to share something that I'm going to share over and over and over, which is just that when you feel afraid to do something don't interpret that as a sign that you shouldn't do it, right? It's totally okay to feel afraid. And in those moments, you should be really gentle with yourself and compassionate with yourself. And then you should try to encourage yourself and see if you can still do it if it's something that you genuinely want to do. So don't confuse fear or hesitation with meaning that you shouldn't do something. Oftentimes, it just means that you're doing something new. It's a new behavior. It's a new way of stepping out and being seen. But that doesn't mean you shouldn't do it. And I'll definitely be going into that idea way more in depth in future episodes because it's literally one of the most important things ever. So with that, I'm going to close out this episode. I hope it helped you. I hope you're doing well. And if you want to share feedback, you can find me on Instagram. My handle is The Art of Speaking Up. If you feel called to leave a rating or review for the show, I will explode with joy. I appreciate them so much. And you can always reach out to me. And I've created a form, a Google form in the show notes where you can anonymously submit questions or feedback for the show. So that's there for you to use. You can just click on it. Super easy. 30 seconds. You can be done. And okay, with that, I'm going to go. going to sign off. And I'll catch you tomorrow for part three of this three-part How to Effectively Lead Meeting series. Bye.